From Maine Public Radio and mainepublic.org, I'm Robbie Feinberg with the news on this day in Maine, Thursday, February 29th, 2024. This Day in Maine is made possible by listeners and by Eastern Basements, a division of Maine-owned Eastern Mold Remediation, offering crawl space repairs and waterproofing, easternbasements.com. Maine Senator Angus King and Senate Armed Services Committee Chair Jack Reed are sending a letter to the White House urging the president to send a U.S. hospital ship to the waters off Gaza to help Palestinians wounded in the fighting with Israel. France, Italy and Indonesia have already dispatched floating hospitals to the area. King says it's not clear why the U.S. hasn't. Retired Admiral Stravitas proposed this back in the fall. Uh, and in fact, uh, that was one of the things that... Uh, made me think that this might be a good option. Uh, and I don't know why we haven't done it before. To me, it's something that could be done uh, that would that could really make a difference. The letter notes Admiral James Stavridis had overseen similar deployments of hospital ships. In addition, King says the letter is also recommending the administration look at sending humanitarian aid to Gaza by sea to get around backups at the land borders between Gaza, Egypt, and Israel. A U.S. District Court judge has ruled that the town of Bar Harbor has the right to place limits on cruise ship passengers coming ashore. A group of Bar Harbor business owners had filed a legal challenge to the ordinance that limits daily visits to 1,000 visitors a day, claiming it violates provisions of both the Maine and U.S. constitutions. In his decision issued on Thursday, U.S. District Judge Lance Walker ruled that the town's limit on cruise ship visitors is a lawful exercise of home rule authority under the Maine Constitution and does not violate the Due Process Clause or the Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution. The union representing Maine state employees says that the Mills administration is violating labor law by not submitting an updated report analyzing the salaries and classifications of state workers. Tom Feely is the general counsel for MSEA SEIU Local 1989, which filed a complaint with the Maine Labor Relations Board this week. He says the state has dragged its feet for years in completing the study, which the union says is needed to address disparities between public and private sector salaries. A recent collective bargaining agreement also required that the state submit the study, so Feely says it's bargaining in bad faith. And the state can't uh, cross its fingers behind its back when it's agreeing to promises at the bargaining table. A spokesperson for the Department of Administrative and Financial Services says the complaint, quote, rests on faulty legal claims and factual inaccuracies and notes that base wages have risen by more than 24 percent in less than five years. The spokesperson adds that the law gives the state until September 30th to submit a market rate study report. The Board of Environmental Protection gave preliminary approval on Wednesday to rules guiding metallic mineral mining projects that seek to be exempted from Maine's strict regulations. Caitlin Bedayan has more. The proposed rules create a framework for regulators to approve or reject exemptions from Chapter 200 regulations. It includes constraints such as a size limit of no more than 10 acres of active mining at any time and the Department of Environmental Protection must find that the project does not have the potential to cause acid rock drainage, violate water quality standards, or expose materials that could endanger people or the environment. 
The regulations also outline the testing that must be done to demonstrate that those impacts will not occur. The board provisionally adopted the rules, which will now go to the legislature for approval. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Caitlin Bedayan. More than 500 outdoor organizations, businesses, and municipalities say the time has come for Maine to invest in the rural recreation economy by repairing, improving, and expanding trails for motorized and non-motorized use. The coalition is calling on Maine lawmakers to send a first-of-its-kind bond to voters this fall. If passed, it would provide $30 million in grants over four years for various trail projects. Chris Riley, president of the Central Maine chapter of the New England Mountain Bike Association, says Maine can no longer afford to sit back. I take a couple weeks every year to travel around the country and experience different trail systems and see what other communities are doing. And one of the things I've seen in the last 10 or 15 years of doing that is that we are, we are just simply outpaced by other states in our trail development. Riley says states like Michigan, Utah, Vermont, and New Hampshire are putting money into trail systems that help spur economic development in local communities and also provides mental and physical health benefits for trail users. Supporters say the money is also needed to address severe trail damage caused by recent storms and flooding. And an abandoned gravel pit in Hamden has been repurposed as a 14,000-panel community solar farm. Investor and owner Wish Camper Companies on Thursday cut the ribbon on the project, which will generate an estimated 8.6 million kilowatt hours of electricity. Phil Coop is a founder of Revision Energy, the project developer. Every time we build a clean energy project like this behind me, we keep our energy dollars right here at home in the local economy, creating good jobs. The electricity from the solar farm will power the Bangor Water District, the College of the Atlantic, and other local institutions. And that's today's Maine news. For more stories, visit mainepublic.org. And coming up on Maine Calling at 11 o'clock on Friday morning for Women's History Month, we'll celebrate Maine women who've made their mark in politics, arts, sports, science, and conservation. I'm Robbie Feinberg. Thanks for listening.